Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Apex Mountain. I am your one and only host this week, Tanner Knox. Our friend Jacob decided to go on vacation this week, so you can't really blame him. But, uh, you know, I think we had a little bit of a misunderstanding on when we were supposed to record. So we had some issues where I was traveling when he was available and he's traveling when I was available. So, um, yeah, it's just me this week. But uh, the podcast shall go on. Am I right? All right. So what am I been doing this week? Well, I traveled to Illinois. Um Hung out at my parents for a couple days, uh, went to a good friend of mine's uh, diaper party, so I got to see some some friends from back home that I don't always get to see, so that was a good time. Uh, watched some football this weekend, watched the World Series. Um, I really was hoping the Phillies would take it because they beat my St. Louis Cardinals in the wildcard series, and they were so close to winning that World Series, but just came up short to Houston. I finished that show I was talking about last week on Netflix. I think it's called Aftershock. Uh, I finished that. It's pretty interesting. If you haven't seen it, it's only, I think, three episodes, about an hour each. And, uh, you know, there's an earthquake at Mount Everest, and it really messes up everyone that's on Everest. kills a lot of people. And a couple towns, Kathmandu and some some different valleys, um, you know, it made you really think, like, You've never been in a situation like that. One whole town was completely leveled, and the people that survived, their families were buried under that, and uh, there was some stealing going on and uh, misunderstandings and you know some fights almost break out. So really interesting. I Go check that out if you haven't, but uh, I think that's all I got. We'll uh, catch up with Jacob next week, so let's just get into his pick this week, Jackie Brown. Here we go. If you had the chance to walk off with a half million dollars, would you take it? Yeah. What do a stewardess, a gun runner, a bail bondsman, an ex-con, a federal agent, and a beach bunny have in common? You gonna come in on this thing with me? You got to be prepared to go all the way. They're all chasing a half million in cash. Wouldn't be missed. Half a million dollars will always be missed. Let him get the money and then just take it from him. She's trying to play your ass against me, huh? That was fun. There's only one question. Who's playing who? Let's make a deal. Yeah, so what's she going to give us? Are you going to offer to set him up? Yeah. Is she dead? I, I, I... Yes or no, is she dead? Pretty much. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitutes. (laughs) Jackie Brown was Quentin Tarantino's follow-up film to Pulp Fiction. Uh, People were wondering if he was going to be able to put something out that was as good as Pulp Fiction. I think he nailed it. But before we get into the actual movie um so this was my first time watching it i believe jacob said this was his first time watching it and this is the only tarantino movie he hadn't seen yet uh so if you haven't seen it um jackie brown is a movie about a flight attendant with a criminal past that gets nabbed by the atf for smuggling under pressure to become an informant against the drug dealer she works for she must find a way to secure her future 
without getting killed. This movie stars Samuel L. Jackson, Pam Greer as Jackie Brown, Robert Forster, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro. It also has Chris Tucker in it for a short time. Uh, what a movie. Um, I wasn't sure what this movie was going to do coming in. Um, I thought Jackie Brown was going to be about a guy. Um, thought Pam Greer was just absolutely perfect for playing Jackie Brown. Uh, she kind of, you know, she had the feminine qualities, uh, but she was also able to stand tall and, uh, you know, be poised through the whole situation. You also got Robert Forster. Um, he was the bounty hunter, bounty collector. Uh, he's kind of her sidekick throughout this. Uh, the first time he meets her, he's actually pulling her out of jail. And um, it seems like he, you know, really falls for us, you know, that night. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Tarantino was attempting to try to revive both Pam and Robert's careers at this point. Uh, he says that's not the case. Um, but from what I'm understanding, they were... Uh, more so like 70s actors and things like that. Sam Jackson as bad guy Ordell. So good. So good. I love that he's got this long hair that's tied up behind him. Uh, Just the way he... I don't even know how to explain it, man. He he acts like he's a gangster to a degree. Um, Pam really puts him in his place a lot of the times. Uh, but just the no bullshit, you know, he just shoots De Niro in the face in the car. It's just, you know, huge shocker. Uh, absolutely loved him in this. Speaking of De Niro, that was cool seeing him, uh, in this situation. Normally when I see De Niro, he's, you know, top of the screen. He's the one you're watching in the movie. Uh, we all know who he is. He's one of the ma- most, most famous actors of all time really um and to see him kind of like i don't know third or fourth in this movie uh was really cool he didn't speak too much uh he kind of just went with the flow with the movie kind of whatever was thrown at him he just kind of went with uh really liked that michael keaton was a surprise um i don't know too much about michael keaton um but apparently he didn't want to play this part and tarantino asked him to convince him to uh, not be that part, and he couldn't do it. So Tarantino said, no, you need to be this, and actually convinced Michael Keaton to play the part. Um, and then it ended up working out. He ended up reprising the role. Uh, so this this uh, movie is um, based on a novel called Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard. And uh, I think Tarantino bought the rights of three of Elmore Leonard's books and... Uh, Keaton reprised his role in a second uh, of these novels that came to uh, the big screen. I don't think it was Tarantino's movie, but regardless, uh, he liked playing the part so much that he uh, revised that role. Bridget Fonda was the the white girl that was smoking weed all day in her in her uh, bikini. Uh, she's actually the uh, niece of Jane Fonda and the granddaughter of Henry Fonda. So she comes from a long line of famous actors and actresses. Uh, she started acting when she was five years old, but uh, didn't actually start enjoying or wanting to become interested in acting until uh, she was 
doing some musicals and some productions in high school. Seeing Chris Tucker even just for a little bit in this movie was awesome. I love Chris Tucker. Uh, this was two years after he played Smokey in Friday, and I love that movie. I think he's hilarious in that. So uh, seeing him in this was pretty cool. Like I said, even just for a second. Um, this was also the year before he started in Rush Hour, which was a huge kick to his career, uh, kicked him off well uh, before Rush Hour 2, which was also a huge movie. Um, and so seeing him and Jackie Brown reminded me, it was a mix between him and Friday and him and Rush Hour, uh, if that makes sense at all. But uh, I'm going back through Robert Forrester right now. I know I mentioned that people were saying that Tarantino kind of revived his career uh, since Jackie Brown, though, he's been in a lot of things. Let's see here. He was in CSI New York. He was in Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, I forgot about that. We did uh, Me, Myself, and Irene on Patreon. So if you haven't heard that one yet and you'd love to support us, go check us out on Patreon, Apex Mountain Pod. But really starting in about... 2007, he's he starts picking it up. He's in Desperate Housewives. He's in Olympus Has Fallen. He's in Breaking Bad, and apparently he was huge in that. I haven't seen it. I know. Uh, what else? He's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, London Has Fallen. And he was also in Better Call Saul. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away in 2019. So uh, he was definitely the... Who's that guy of, of most movies? But love him. Love to see him, whatever he's in. So this was back-to-back acting moments for Samuel L. Jackson in Tarantino movies. And, uh, you know, this is coming off Pulp Fiction. He killed it. I know I already mentioned this, but I just want to reiterate how amazing I thought he was in this movie. Uh, his his acting, he's just, he's over the top. He's intimidating, he can be a little scary, and he's doing that to a woman who, you know, he probably bullies women all women all the time. He literally killed Chris Tucker just he paid ten thousand dollars for his bail to then kill him so that he doesn't say anything. Uh so he's definitely an intimidation tactic and the way Jackie Brown just stands up to him and amazing. So there's quite a few memorable scenes from this movie. Uh, I think probably my favorite part of this movie is at the end when when uh, Melanie goes in and takes the bag and, and everything ensues. Well, they go at it from a triple angle. They go at it from Jackie's angle. They go at it from uh, Robert Forster's angle. And they go at it from Melanie and... Uh, De Niro's angle and I just thought that was amazing because you know you see it from one angle and you're not quite sure what's going on and then you see it from the second angle and you're like okay I got I kind of got it but I don't fully understand what's going on and then you see it from the third angle and you see De Niro coming out and uh, that transitions right into he shoots Melanie and then he just moves on like he stubbed his toe great great I loved it uh, but then, you know, he gets with Samuel L. Jackson and, uh, this is one, one of my favorite scenes here. I'm going to play it real quick. 
Where's Milne? Well, that's, that's what I want to tell you. You see, she was bugging me the whole time. She got pissy with me because I wouldn't let her carry the bag. And then she started running her fucking mouth about, you know, because like, I couldn't remember where the car was parked right away when we came out. So then she got on me about that. Is it this aisle, Lewis? Is it that aisle, Lewis? It's totally fucking with my nerves, man. So what, so, you left her there? I, I shot her. You shot Melanie? Twice. In the parking lot. You couldn't talk to her? Well, how can you talk to her? You, know, you couldn't she, just hit her? Maybe, but I, at that at that moment, I don't know. I just... You shot her twice? Is she dead? I, 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 pretty much. What do you mean, pretty much, Lewis? That ain't no fucking answer, yes or no. Is she dead? I, I think so. Yeah. You think so? Tell me, Lewis. She's Is dead. She... She's dead. But where'd you shoot her? In the chest and the stomach. If he had to do it, then he had to do it, right? What we don't want is that bit surviving on us. On anybody but that woman. So that transitions right in. Uh, this is all one scene, but uh, when he opens the bag and realizes it's stuffed with books and only a couple bills instead of all of his money, uh, he initially blames De Niro for stealing it. And De Niro's like, what, what are you going to do? I, I, I don't know. Uh, so funny, but... Uh, he sits there and thinks about it, and I really like that scene uh, because they don't just kind of throw the answer out there at you. Uh, we know what happened, but he actually sits there and thinks about it for a while before he says that it's Jackie Brown, and then he just shoots uh, De Niro. So I'll play that real quick as well. It's Jackie Brown. Well, you know, if she got it, well, why didn't she take it all? Oh, I'd be sure and ask that bitch before I blow her brains out. Oh, well, maybe her feds got it. Mm, 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 mm. See, if there wasn't nothing in that bag but them towels, then maybe she didn't get a chance to take the money out of her suitcase and the ATF got it. But she put them books in there to trick her ass. Well, that's why I didn't check it, because the bag fell right. That's oh, right. God. And then she puts 40 grand or so in there to rub that shit in my face. You know what I'm saying? She wants me to know she ripped me off. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Unless, you know, either she's got it or the feds got it. Or, or, now check this out. What if she gave the money to somebody else first before Melanie even went in the dressing room? Uh-huh. Oh, man, you know what? What? Uh, you know, you know who I saw in the dress department? No, tell me. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm... No, no, I did wonder what he was doing there. I wondered what he was doing there, but I thought it had nothing to do with us. Like, maybe he's with his wife or his girlfriend. It's a big place. Lewis, a lot Lewis, of Lewis. Never... You gonna tell me who you saw? Yeah, Max Cherry. Max Cherry? You see Max Cherry in the dress department where we... Man, look at me when I'm talking to you. You see that motherfucker in the dress department when we about to get a half million dollars and you don't think nothing about him no, being why? there? No, why? they know each other? Hell yeah, they know each other. He bonded the ass out of county. Well, how am I supposed to know you that? You know he's a bail bondsman, don't you? You know all them motherfuckers is crooked as a barrel of snakes, don't you? Why should I think something's weird if I don't know nothing I about that? I don't want to hear no fucking other, excuses, man. I'm giving you fucking excuses, man. And I'm telling you, I don't fucking, I'm giving you fucking reasons. Oh, 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 oh. You gonna tell me the reason you lost every goddamn cent I got in the hey, world? Hey, man. You gonna tell me reasons? Better... Let me tell you the reason, motherfucker. The reason is, your ass ain't worth the shit well, no you, more. You better fucking back off, man. 
What the fuck happened to you, man? Your ass used to be beautiful. So good. So good. All right. So moving on. Uh, the very last scene um, is one that seems to be talked about quite a bit. Uh, so Jackie Brown gets what she wants. Um, Robert Forrester and she are both, you know, good. Uh, Sam Jackson's character's dead. De Niro's character's dead. Uh, and they make it out. So instead of staying together, she asked him if he wants to go with her. And he says, no, I don't think so. Um, I was trying to figure out why. Because then they kiss. And then she leaves. And he answers a call for another bounty. And that was it. Um, and so I was kind of looking things up. And people have a couple different ideas about why he didn't go. So the reason the question's even asked is because Max mentions that he hates where he's at in life and just wants to, you know, change things up. Uh, and then also that you can tell from the moment they, him and Jackie are together that he kind of falls for her. And throughout the whole movie, you can see that. And then even at the end when they're kissing and stuff. Um, and so there's a lot of ideas. Uh, one of the ideas is that uh, Tarantino's got white guilt, whatever that means. Uh, he declines to take off with Jackie to Spain for that reason. Uh, doesn't make sense to me. Um, another reason is that he's intimidated by Jackie, which that could make sense um, with everything that has gone on. I mean, this whole movie is about her orchestrating a plan to essentially kill Sam Jackson's character. Um, and it, you know, give or take, it's pretty flawless. Another uh, boring option <laughs> is that he just couldn't find the courage to leave his ordinary life uh, to go with her. Uh, but I think the best answer, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. I think that uh, he knows that they just can't be together and, you know, she's always going to be the one that got away. But, uh, you know, it was fun while it lasted, I guess. That's, uh, that's kind of what I think happened. Leaves everyone hanging, but, uh, you know, it's not annoying. It's just, it's kind of how it's meant to be. So, anyway, this movie is pretty memorable. Uh, it's got it's got some pretty good quotes. Let's get into those real quick. <laughs> Towards the beginning. Uh... <laughs> is that what I think it is? What do you think it is? I think it's a gun pressed up against my dick. <laughs> well, you thought right. Now take your hands from around my throat. <laughs> All right, the next one I got right here. Jackie says, what's up? What are you going to be doing during all this? And Ordell says, now that you got him watching my ass, I'm going to be in a titty bar downtown waiting on Lewis to call me and tell me everything's cool. Well, what everybody else have to say about this, Tanner? Well, I'm glad you asked, listeners. The Guardian gave it a 5 out of 5. Boston Globe. Surprisingly, Tarantino displays less confidence assembling it than he did in the earlier film. At more than two hours, it's simply too long, or at least it seems so. I'm going to have to disagree with that one. 
Uh, Vice. So Jackie Brown may be the only Quentin Tarantino movie that gets noticeably better with each viewing. I could understand that. I could understand that. Chicago Tribune gave it a 3.5 out of 4. Our man Ebert. Roger Ebert gave it 4 out of 4. I kind of figured he would do that. He said, I like the moment when the veins pop out of Ordell's forehead. It's a quiet moment in the front seat of a van. He's sitting there next to Lewis. He's just heard that he's lost his retirement fund of $500,000, and he's thinking hard. Quentin Tarantino lets him think. Just holds the shot. Nothing happening. Then Ordell looks up and says, it's Jackie Brown. He's absolutely right. She's stolen the money. In the movies, people like him hardly ever need to think. The director has done all their thinking for them. One of the pleasures of Jackie Brown Tarantino's new film, based on a novel by Elmore Leonard, is that everybody in the movie is smart. Whoever is smartest will live. Good words, Roger. All right, well, let's get into my rating. But before we do that, let's talk about the budget. Uh, this movie had a budget of $12 million. Uh, film grossed $39.7 million in the United States and Canada and $35.1 million in the other territories for a total gross of $74.7 million. With just a $12 million budget. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Let's get into uh, what I think of this movie. So, um, the movie as a whole, I thought was fantastic. I love seeing all these well-known actors. uh, But also seeing people like Pam Greer, who I haven't seen before. Uh, Again, I thought she did fantastic. So, I'm going to go with an... I'm going to do 8.6. 8.6. Um, acting or... What is this? Bangers. So I guess acting or directing, whatever the hell you want to do. It was fantastic. Um, I don't know why this doesn't get as much love as Pulp Fiction or really any of his other movies. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that all of his other movies, like Kill Bill and, and Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards and... Uh, Django, uh, they're all in the same universe apparently, where this movie was from a novel, and so this movie falls into the novel's, uh, uh, you know, realm. So I guess maybe that's why I don't fucking know. Um, but anyway, thought it was fantastic. I'm gonna go with an eight point four rewatchability. Um, you know, it's not a probably not a bad rewatch. It's Two hours and 40 minutes. So, you know, it's not going to be once a month, definitely. But uh, Tarantino even says it himself that every, each time you watch it, uh, you're going to like it more. Um, he said the 14th time you watch it, it's going to be better than the 13th time. So, whatever the fuck that means. But uh, at the same time, I don't want to watch a two hour and 40 minute movie all the time. So... Uh, this will probably be once every two to three years for me. Um, and so that's going to kind of drop it down a little bit. So I'm going to go with a 7.3 and, uh, we'll have Jacob do his next week. And, uh, at the start of next week's show, we will go over what, uh, what his ratings are and what the total ratings for this movie is. Uh, and then after that, I will tell him what movie we're going to be watching next week and uh you know then we're going to review that next week so i'm going to leave that a surprise for you but uh that's all i got 
for this week, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Apex Mountain. Uh, I know it was a short one this week. I apologize for that, but uh, we'll be back into the swing of things next week. This was week one of the bangers. Uh, next week's going to be a huge banger too, and I think you guys are going to like it. So uh, if you guys have anything for us, you can shoot us an email at apexmountainpod at gmail.com, or you can check us out on Instagram at apexmountainpod. If you like what you're hearing here, uh, again, this is an unusual week. So uh, go check out the other episodes we have. And if you like what we're doing here and you want to support us, you can check us out on Patreon at Apex Mountain Pod. Um, you know, it's cheaper than a cup of coffee there. Uh, you just pay either one time or you can have a reoccurring payment. Um, but that helps us out and that le- allows us to buy new equipment. Jacob and I just got new uh, headphones and uh, we both got new mics. I don't think he's able to set his up yet. But, uh, you know, I think we're sounding a lot better the last couple of weeks. So. Uh, That's all thanks to you guys, our Patreon uh, members. So thank you very much. Uh, Come back next week. And uh, that's all I got. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.